I would love Oli to stay. <laughs> Are you, you know, know why? Because as long as he stays, United aren't that yeah. much of a threat. You know what? That was the first game that really finished me off, you know. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's, that was the first game. That was the game that finished me off. Sanfield. Oh. <laughs> I, I keep hearing that. Oh, it's Anfield. It's not my fault if you can't fill your stadium, in it. It's not my fault. Yeah. Oh. Exactly. Tell them. Tell them. The Breakdown Podcast. What's good, people? You're tuned into the Breakdown Podcast. This is episode 20. So because we're on our 20th episode, we decided to do it live, live on YouTube. Um, so obviously, you know, we've got the full squad, full panel on today. Man like Kofi. Um, yeah, what's good, man? Newly adopted Palace fan, yeah? Yeah, bro. Hey, well, <laughs> you, you know what? I've, I've had to, I've had to not kind of dismiss that because we didn't get anything out of the game, but we all know, we all know what was really going on. The conspiracies, bruv. It's mad. It's mad. I'm not happy. I'm still not happy, bruv. Listen, from one Palace fan to the next, what are you saying, Jay? Boy, my, my manager, Fiero. <laughs> he, got, he got bumped. He got bumped. Um, yeah, I'm with you guys. Um, the conspiracies around penalties and VAR and that. A bit to taste in my mouth, but um, I'm good. I'm good, apart from the t- bitter taste. Key. Okay. The, then, obviously, we have T, the undercover Palace fan. So, it's just like a full house of Palace fans. <laughs> the stats are in the back, yeah? <laughs> nah, um, nah I'm, I'm sorry, boys. Some men have got a bitter taste. Some men are unhappy. You know what I mean? I'm sorry. But it is what it is, you know. I'm good, man. I'm here. I said enjoyment. Enjoyment. Come on, enjoyment. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> Any I saw some man's real. I saw some man's real, real colours yesterday, though. Like you know when you hear a man singing at the top of their lungs, like yeah, 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 yeah. I've, I've never heard that in a certain man. Yeah. But it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Is it? Who's that? It's cool. It's cool. No, no, it's cool. It's cool. It's cool. Listen, it's all good. It's all good. Well, I said any little foul, you know, VAR. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <Not> enjoyment. <laughs> <laughs> I'm hey, telling but, you, but man, them. I tell you what, yeah. Since man reached the yard yesterday, and like even today, now I've seen all the analysis around it. But everyone agrees. Everyone mm. just just agrees. So how this decision came to pass, that we don't. I don't even know now. There's nothing to defend it at all. But I've even done yeah, it. Was it David Gallagher? David Gallagher came came on the thing. The way he was talking was like ah. Uh, like, you know the ones where he's like, oh, like, my boy made a mistake here, but I don't know how to back him, so... But I don't, but I don't, but I don't want to throw him completely underneath the bus, so I'm just going to talk bad diplomatic and dress it up nicely. But ultimately, he said he, he effed up. And that's that. Yeah, it's mad. It's mad, it's mad, it's mad. Obviously, as we're recording this, Monday, 24th of Jan, this evening, Watford sacked yet another manager. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Ranieri's gone. But you know what? I want to play this clip, yeah? <laughs> I just want to play this clip. Literally, I'm just going to play this clip because this is from when we did our season predictions or whatever. Just hold tight. I think Watford are gone. They're in big trouble. Um, big, big trouble. Um, although they've got players who can maybe do something, I can still see sides going there and paying them in more time, more often than not. Um, obviously lost their big captain as well. 
um, which I don't I don't understand the rationale behind getting rid of Dini, proven Premier League goal scorer. It doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I also feel like they're trigger happy, so they'll probably sack the coach by Christmas. Yeah. Uh... <laughs> so he, he was off a bit, Mark. He was off a, a bit. Little, a little bit. <laughs> a little bit. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That's what I mean. They sacked two managers. <laughs> they two managers. Can you imagine? Yeah. It's an absolute part, bruv. And you know what, yeah? I was going to say, you know what, yeah? Like, obviously, man's gone. But where do they go go now? Like, what is the next move? I can't think of anyone that would even have it in their minds to even want to go there now, you know? Big Sam. Oh. Wait, no, he he's, he's got standards. He's got standards. Can, he has actually got standards. A, a quick one. He could do it. <laughs> what, Big Sam? Big Sam, man. Nah, nobody nah, can man. save them. Nobody can save them. You look at you look at their squad. You look at who they got now. And they, they are getting... You know the last time they won? Watford. The last nice. time they won, they banged United 4-1. That was Oli's, obviously, you know, goodbye. Uh, that was the beginning of the end for Oli, and obviously, you know, since then they haven't won. They've been getting, they've been getting absolutely smashed by everyone. Three 0 against Norwich um, last, you know, last Friday as well. I think it was a Friday night kickoff, wasn't it? Friday night football. Mm-hmm. They lost three 0 It's disgraceful. Do you get what I'm saying? Like they're a championship club. In in it's, I feel like you could probably have like something in between the Premier League and the Championship, and you just put Bournemouth, Norwich, Fulham, <laughs> QPR. <laughs> yeah, no, nah, honestly, Watford. <laughs> just give them a mini league, like you know what I mean. No, nah, hundred. I even agree with you because the way they actually just keep recycling you, they're now actually taking the piss. I feel like they actually just, you know, those, you know, the money that they get from actually getting promotions to the Premier League. I feel like they're secretly just trying to stack it, you know. I feel like it's a Ponzi, some Ponzi scheme or whatever it is. <laughs> the, 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 the parachute like payments. Yeah, yeah, your parachute payments as well for when they go down. <laughs> They're just collecting, bruv. Why? Bruv, it's mad. All should yeah, be And when, when you're informed like that, obviously you're going to be gone. You're going to be gone. You're, you're out of here. And to be honest, the league won't miss them because I, I feel like, coming, like I said in the little clip there, like um, Dini getting rid of Dini, who has Premier League experience, it, it shows what's going on there. Mm. And I feel like it was a big mistake getting rid of him. Like At the time that he did, they've just come back into the Premier League. You need characters and figures like that. They went down with him last time, but then essentially they got promoted with him there as well. So getting rid of your club captain in the manner that they, in which they did, I mean, it just didn't make sense. So, the, I mean, the, it was written on the wall from the start of the season. Do you know what I mean? They've, they've yeah. got decent players there from attacking from the attacking side of things, but I mean, there's only so much you can do, really. Yeah. And then some of them, some of the messaging from the club as well. You know, like Danny Rose, he's he sacked. Someone briefed the press like you're just sacked. <laughs> uh, you're not playing anymore. Um, <laughs> it's just, it, it, you know, what I mean, it's just one of those ones where we won't miss them. Nah, nah. It's a, it's you a shame. I mean? but, yeah, but yeah, uh, it's mad. Then obviously you got Everton. Boy, Everton cleared Rafa Benitez. Shock horror. You know what I'm saying? That's mad. Like, I'm surprised that it took them this long to voice 
their their discontent. Listen, T is smiling. T, why are you smiling so much? <laughs> I heard Rafa, and that was it. Treasure cap, bruv. Uh, it bro. came up. <laughs> Mission accomplished, bruv. You know what I mean? Oh. Like, what, so you, you were sent in, yeah? Bro, what sense does that make? In what world? <laughs> Let's be honest. Like, that's ridiculous. It's a ridiculous appointment. The fans, like, they were visibly outraged. They didn't. They didn't hold their feelings. They they made it very clear they didn't want Rafa as a manager, and they're in trouble with FFP, so they couldn't even spend them back him. So it, it didn't even make sense from any angle. And if you want to be real about it, like I think Rafa's his tactics are a bit outdated now. Do you know what I'm saying? But like this, bit... yeah. But does it start with like Rafa? Is was Rafa Benitez really the problem or a problem? Of, of course, many... it's, it's... It's never going to be. You know be, how it's... many co- Yeah, how many coaches have they had over the past five, six years? The problem with That's... Everton is is the identity. There's no identity, and there's nah, there's no identity since, since since no, there isn't. I mean, they cycle. I mean, in terms of like um, the new guy, the new owners coming, he's got money and ambition, um, supposedly, but they cycled through who. Martinez, um, I think when he came in, Martinez was in charge. Then they went to Ronald Koeman. That didn't work. Then they went to Big Sam. Different, different way of thinking in terms of football. Then who did they go for after? Marco Silva mm. was the next mm-hmm. one. Yeah, different. Um, then they sacked him. It didn't work out. Um, and then who did they go? Carlo. Oh, Duncan Ferguson came in, came in for a bit. Yeah. And then Carlo, Carlo came in. Obviously, he's a proven he's a proven winner. Gave them a bit of an uplift. Got some some top players in. He left for Madrid, and then they've gone for Rafa. And it's just it's one it's one way of playing football, seeing football to another. Like over the last couple of years. So to me, yeah. the identity is totally gone from mm. from when I was watching like Moyes, for example, you knew what you was getting with Moyes. You knew that also with, with Everton, that there would be, you know, uh, a Rooney or a Rodwell or a, even mm. a Barkley. Like, that, that, not to say there's not players that have come through. There's obviously, you know, kids like Gordon and um, the, other, uh, the other, the midfielder, I forgot his name. Tom um, Davis. Tom Davis, yeah. But, yeah, I just think the Everton identity is is in tatters at the moment. That's that's where it starts from top management. Mm. But they've they've also spent money as well, though. Like they've signed players, they've signed players, they've signed Sigerson, you know, had James Rodriguez, they've had, you know, got in Richarlison. Got, you know, they they've actually they've actually put bread down on the table. Decore was another big signing for them as well. It's like it's not like they haven't spent and they haven't tried it. Ronald Koeman as well, another another manager that's 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 been there and you know tried it and, and obviously failed. So it's just the and Lukaku, you know what I mean? Yeah. Lukaku was there. But, the, but I think that's the thing. They've spent money. They haven't built built a team. They've just spent money. And each coach that's come in, just the thing with the identity and the coaches that you're managing, they all have a different way of seeing football. Um, so they're all going to say, well, actually, I don't want this player. I want this player. And it, it's culminated with Rafa coming in and having certain guys but wanting to play a certain way, which is very negative and a bit 
a bit outdated, as as T said. And so, I guess what I'm saying is that money's not enough. There's a lot of yeah. there's a lot of clubs in the league now that have got money and want to be in Europe and want to be in the top four. Uh, so and they've got money. The, the Premier League is the richest league, I think, in Europe. But it's not enough to have money. It's, it's about having some pillars, some identity, some pillars and ways of playing and how we're going to, uh, you know, attack the the goal of being a European club or wherever it is that Everton want to be at. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's that. just like, how did it... Yeah, the thing is, how did it nosedive so quickly? I'm looking at the... Because the it was going good at the start of the season. It was they brought in Damari Gray, obviously Townsend, they brought in as well. And Tamari Gray kind of hit the ground running. I'm looking at the results. They beat Tottenham, um, beat Tottenham 1-0. Um, then they won in the EFL Cup. Then they um, beat West Brom. There's a big win against Arsenal, 2-1 against Arsenal. I remember Damari Gray scoring last minute. And after Everton had like loads of goals disallowed, they drew a 2-2 draw with Liverpool. You know, it wasn't going badly. So how how can it implode so quickly? Because they were losing game after game after game. Do you know what I mean? That's just yeah. mad. But to be fair to them, yeah, the, the injuries didn't didn't help either. Because the injuries came at a time where they'd already gathered quite a bit of momentum. And the, the, mm. the moment the injuries set in, obviously Calvert Lewin was out from quite early anyway. But as soon as other injuries started coming in, it was almost like Rafa's looking at his looking at his players thinking, yo, like they, they, I haven't got anyone else. Because even when they played against us, man, yeah, at the bridge, I'm not gonna lie to you, they should, probably should have come away with more than more than what they got in the end, which is a draw, because they played that well. But look how many kids in that they were playing. So mm. I, I mean, Rafa was working with bare bones, but and but I can't use that as a whole excuse for him as well, because I feel like when when certain experienced players are not are not there in your squad, and you know that you're playing the kids, and that you can't leave them with the responsibility of trying to keep shape. This you know, or this sort of ruggedness type thing, like they haven't got the experience to be able to do that. And all, all the, all the younger kids know is knowing how to play the ball forward and actually trying to be on the front foot, right? And being brave. Like we, we've already seen it with someone like um, I'm just gonna pick a name out there. Someone like Elanga, right? For example, young kid that's come come through the ranks hasn't had any sort of like um, you know bad sort of behaviors instilled in him, but. They've got a fresh mind, so they're going in. They just go and play freely without too many chains or anything like that on them. And Rafa just never gave them that sort of opportunity to be free in that sense. So I feel like he shot himself in the foot. And again, Mark, like you said, outdated tactics, bruv. Outdated. Um, and sometimes you've got to adapt to the players that you've got, like we spoke about months ago. So he just never did it. Yeah, I had to go. It's mad because you look at somebody, somebody like Luca Dean, who's just obviously gone to Aston Villa. He couldn't get a game under Rafa mm. Benitez. I think that probably says all you need to know. One of their most progressive fullbacks and a key outlet for crosses. If you saw his stats for the amount of chances he creates from that left back position, you know, and he was a, the, the business is weird. He was able to leave for twenty odd million or whatever it was, and then they picked up El Ghazi, who's kind of on the oh, fringes no. of Villa side, and not yet another winger, as if they don't mm. have. It already, so it seems like they're not really le- like sacking the manager. My only thing with Everton is sacking the manager is one thing, but like they're not they don't seem to that that, that they're going to learn from their mistakes because that business is not good. They haven't addressed anything by having now El Ghazi, who by the way again didn't start on the weekend. 
He's come from Aston Villa's bench to start on their bench and they've let go of a very good fullback and improved, you know, um, Aston Villa. So, again, I, I feel like the transfer policy, whoever's making those signings, like, 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 like Jay saying, the identity, the whole strategy is wrong and has been wrong for a long time. So it's almost like whoever goes in there, it doesn't matter who goes in there next. You can try, if you've got your first 11, I'm sure you'll do you'll do what you need to do. But as soon as you get a couple of injuries, I feel like they'll be back in the same position. Mm. Yeah, it's a, it's strange because um, as you mentioned about the, the the strategy now, like Rafa's seemed to at some point like win the power struggle with Marcel Brands. And obviously, so Marcel Brands is gone. And then there's a couple of key like backroom staff that have gone as well. And then they sold Dina, but then they sold Rafa. Oh, so, sorry, they sat Rafa. So th- there's definitely a disconnect. And I think I remember reading anyway that like you know between Mashiri um, and then a couple of the other kind of shareholders, there's always a bit of a scrap for signings, or there's always a bit of a scrap for power at the top level. And then Mashiri ends up kind of overpowering everybody and kind of saying, yeah, okay, well if we can't decide on one thing. I'm just going to do this. And so, yeah, that, that, I mean, that's not really Everton. They're a traditional club. They're a big club, to be fair, a big established Premier League club. Um, but it looks like they're in disarray, man, and I'm not going to lie. It's, it's kind of comical. <laughs> it's crazy because I watched them. Obviously, they played against Aston Villa. Aston Villa beat them on the weekend. Um, yeah. But, the, you know, Duncan Ferguson wheeled out again, you know, out with his posh shirt and stuff like that on the touchline just you know what I mean and and it seemed like it's just passion 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 and they were just disgusted the way they were hacking down and just stopping the game very route one type football um it was just I don't know I'd and and I, when I looked at the team sheet as well I saw Richarlison I saw DCL Townsend Gray the midfielders Andre Gomez and um and Decore and I'm like well, that, that front six sounds like a, they're going to put in a footballing performance. It didn't seem like it. I didn't see any of that, to be honest. Mm. <laughs> yeah, no, they'll take an absolute mick, man. They took the absolute mick. And, and to be fair, I think for those players as well, I mean, yeah, I think the motivation, I think the one thing you expect from Big big Dunk here is getting that motivation out of his players to go and do exactly what you're saying they should go and do. And Mark, like you said, all I saw was passion. And they played... In, in the exact mirror of how Duncan would have probably you know conducted himself in the film as well. Do you get me? Throwing himself about and just being an absolute nuisance. So that's what that man did. Um, I wouldn't expect him to have done it, but they did that. And you see Duncan Ferguson, if he's going to be doing the shirt and tie, tie thing, yeah, I, I'm getting at him anyway, because I just remember how he was as a player. He was one of those ones, yeah? Um, now, you must have just put on the tracksuit, bro. Just put on the tracksuit and be who you really are. Be <laughs> and that's that's what I'm saying anyway. And you, you on the coaching one, you're gonna have to clear out some people. You can't, you can't. Duncan Ferguson can't work with the next manager. I understand it, but he needs to take mm. a seat upstairs. You know, yeah. let him talk to some of the academy kids or whatever. But you can't just keep rolling him out every time. That ever, you know, because anyway, I, I just, I just think for Everton, it's a difficult club to manage, and it doesn't matter who they get next as their manager. Because I wonder whether they now go the other way, where they're now going to go total football again. But it's mad. You see, even what you've just said there, Duncan Ferguson has been there through the absolute storm. 
He's been under um, under Carlo. He was he under Andre Andre Silva as well. I can't I can't remember sure. if he was under yeah, Silva. But sure Marco Silva, yeah, Marco Silva. He's been he's been there and done it with all these managers. Has he not learned anything from any of them? I, I, I mean, I, I don't know because for me, I mean, they're talking about getting Wayne Rooney in, and I mean, Wayne Rooney, he's done a splendid job at Derby. You get me, but I don't want him making the same mistake that that Frank Lampard made by leaving Derby after one season and going into the Premier League and getting eaten alive at some point. Do you know what I mean? I don't want that for him. So if if Duncan Ferguson has been there long enough as an assistant, he should know what he's doing. And you know what? It's one game. It's one game so far. And obviously, my opinions are based on the one game that I saw. And let's see how they kick on because yeah, they're getting dragged down into it. Into this dogfight um, downstairs in that basement. You see, like those basement positions there. Mm. Nah, bruv. Everton can't yeah. be a part of that, but it looks like they're getting dragged in. Yeah, T, T was telling me um, or showing me that they're looking at um, the manager at at Fenerbahce. Um, mm. I can't say I've I've seen him seen too much of Fenerbahce to know how they're gonna play, but he does seem quite feisty. Again, T was showing me a video. Of him telling mm. a, a fan to shut up. <laughs> so, um, he, yeah, I don't know. We'll yeah, him and Big Duck here. Him and Big Duck they'll get on just for fine, bro. One thing I'll say is he's been getting um, the best out of Meza Ozil recently. So, I'm, you know, I'm, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a fan of Meza Ozil, so that's that's good. You could say that he knows how to manage Meza Ozil anyway. Um, but we'll yeah, see. Check that out, is that shot out Who? 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 <laughs> I, oh, I know you heard. Okay. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> we'll come on to Arsenal later, man. But if it was up to me, I'd say Wayne Rooney should be their next manager, personally. I think Why? he's done a good job what, at Derby. Why? He's done... Yeah, 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 yeah. He's done a good job. At... He's doing a good job at Derby. Um, and I think, no, I, think, I, think, I think Rooney can do... I think no. he can do a job there, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah 100%. 100%. Nah, well, he's not going to come now anyway. Him, I think he wants... The thing is, I think he wants to finish the job at Derby kind of thing and see if he can still keep them up. Because did you see what, what's happened at Derby? Mm-hmm. With the points yeah, 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 yeah. And now they still has them winning. Like, they're still in touch. Bro. They're still in touch. They can still stay in the championship. And if you look at the... If you actually watch his Derby team play, they're actually decent. He's actually pieced to get... You know, they had a transfer embargo in the summer as well. Couldn't sign mm-hmm. anybody. Couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. And he's actually yeah. got them playing like... When you hear when you actually hear him talk about football, when you actually see him putting out his team and how he balances his side, I'm like, I think he's going to be a very good coach. Me personally, I think he's going to be a good coach, and I don't, I don't really see um, a problem with hiring Wayne Rooney. Me personally, I wouldn't see a problem with it. Um, you know, because if 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 um, Lampard can go in at Chelsea, why can't Rooney go in at Everton? All right, cool. There's a difference, though. There's a difference. Do you have to consider? The, the, the makeup and the profile players that you're then dealing with, right? The place he's got at Derby, like you just said, they had a transfer embargo. Every man that he's brought in, Ravar Morrison included, these are men that were essentially that couldn't get couldn't get a club anywhere else. Like these are these are sort of ballers that were you probably say were in the gutter, you know, needed the arm around them. Rooney sort of brought them in because he needed to. He needed them as much as they needed him. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So at this point now He's put them in a transfer in, in you know, he's put them in a transfer shop right now for 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 whenever the season ends. 
you get what I'm trying to say? He's given them a lifeline. So in terms of performances and what they're going to actually do to break down walls to perform for him, all the rest of it, he's going to get that from the Derby players. At Everton, bro, you know you've got different, a different, you've got a different type of characters in that squad. Is he going to be able to handle all of that? He hasn't experienced that. These are two different. Wayne extremes. Rooney, yeah. are you, you're questioning but, but whether a, Wayne coach, Rooney no, holds weight? As a coach. No, but but hear as what I'm coach. saying. You're questioning whether Wayne Rooney holds weight at Everton. Listen. He was, <laughs> we know what Wayne really holds weight, regardless. But you see, these players, let's, let's call a spade a spade. With someone like Richardson, I, I don't know the lads, we don't know these lads here, but I could just imagine he's not someone, he's not an Evertonian, he's not a true Evertonian. He doesn't look at Wayne Rooney like an idol. You know, you know them ones. Like, there are going to be some players that if Wayne Rooney doesn't like the application, whatever it is, Wayne Rooney is not going to be afraid to open his mouth and say it. And you've seen someone like Richardson already, he's petulant. When someone does something that he doesn't like, you will see him squeeze his face anyhow, like he's a small boy. Do you get what I'm trying to say? From Rafa taking him off against Palace, and then you see what he's doing. Like, but do you, but would, like that. But would it be advisable to even build your team around Richarlison anyway? Isn't that part of the problem? You shouldn't, no, okay. you shouldn't build your team around Richarlison. You should be looking to DCL, who probably would look up to Wayne Rooney, and I'm sure he would look to build around those types of players, more functional okay. players who are okay. not injured all the time and stuff like that. That I think this is part of the thing, right? You at least choose a direction and you say, this is what we're going to do kind of thing, okay, as cool. opposed to looking at the roster and saying, well, fit this player and this player, you've got to start somewhere. All right, cool. But you see, you just, the, 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 only, the only reason why I'm saying this now is because you said bring him in now. If you said bring him in in the summer, then I'd have a different sort of point of view. But bringing him yeah. in now, at this moment in time, nah, can't. I don't I, think they're going to appoint no. anyone until the end of the season, to be honest. I, I don't then, know then if that's, that's the plan. Thing. Yeah, I don't that's think that's the plan. Plan. I, when I say, I'm talking about he should be the next manager, like Wayne Rooney can be the next manager of the club. Because for me, he holds weight. He knows the club very well. I feel like he's going to be a decent coach. And I feel like, you see me, when I look at certain coaches and whatever, I do look at their understanding of the game. Yeah. And players that were able to transition from forward areas or whatever, but played the game in a way where when they played, it wasn't just them. You know what I'm saying? Wayne Rooney played in the eight. Wayne really played in a 10. Wayne really played off the wing. He understands. Wayne really sometimes was getting back and tackling. He kind of understands different positions. It's different with, like, say, no disrespect, but someone like Thierry Henry, who was a finisher, a marksman, a, do you know what I mean, a killer, whatever else. But pretty much it was a Thierry Henry show, apart from when he played under Pep. Wayne Rooney has had to kind of play alongside many different partners, you know, and it's always gelled. If you're talking from... Your Ruud van Nistelrooy's, your Luis Sahas, your Cristiano Ronaldo's, Carlos Tevez, and whatever else—he's like a player's player. Do you get what I'm trying to say? I saw even saw in an interview with um, Stephen Gerrard was asking him who's the best England player you played with, and he said confidently Wayne Rooney. So for me, his understanding of the game—I feel like he's—he's he, he's, if he's able to translate that over properly, I feel like it could be a good move and a good fit for him at Everton. Because my problem with what Everton potentially would do is they'll go and get in flavor of the month from wherever and the same thing will happen the same thing will literally the same thing will happen and they'll try and implement a style that's not everything uh, the identity will not come from this person coming in and potentially doing another tiki taka part three or four or five that, that's that you know what you're right but you also have to remember yeah, that this is a results game and if it does not cook this gentleman that we all that we all love and respect, yeah, will be out of the door quicker than he even says hello. And we know this already. 
respect or not, weight or not, that that that's just that's just the Premier League. Yeah, so, but I think it's it's the same with Vieira at Palace. It's the same, you know, like th- this generation of of people now are becoming the managers. It's only because do you get what I'm trying to say? Some of them are are getting ahead or whatever else and getting their opportunity. But I wouldn't personally, I wouldn't say it was it would be a bad sh- bad shout for them to do it. My worry would be if they don't go for somebody British who knows the club or whatever. I'd be kind of a bit a bit worried for what they're. Do you know what I mean? I feel like that's when they're going to get the, you know, the influx of players that they're going to sign this mishmash of people. They need someone to bring through, like you say, the Gordons of this world. They need someone to bring through some of these players. Obviously, you've got um, Damari Gray. They need someone that's going to work with these type of players and build a team because the the style they're going to have to play as well, they cannot play this possession-based style. Don't care what anyone says. That's not Everton. They can play a possession-based in the opposition half, they can play, you know, um, end-to-end type of football. They can be resolute and stuff, but they're going to have to more go down the David Moyes route than, for example, I saw Roberto Martinez linked to them again. They don't want to see that. The crowd's going to get on top of you. That's the only reason why I'm saying that. It's like Wayne Rooney could be, or just or, or one of the German managers, you know, or one of, the, one of these German um, guys that comes in and it's, it's a bit more like you said a bit more high octane a bit more pressing or whatever and turning over the ball something like that but if they go for this purest coach I just feel like it's going to end in tears once again mm-hmm. yeah Boy. I do hear that I do hear that to, to be fair but it's it's too soon for Wayne Rooney it's way too soon way too soon it's kind so, of what you want him to have you want him to have another job or something like that before he would go for Everton yeah, it's a big job. It's a big job. He's got to learn, man, because because these careers are, are it's make or break. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? And you you you'd rather somebody kind of learn the ropes, develop, make mistakes, and these kind of things somewhere else. To to be very honest, and I think he's doing a good thing, doing it outside of the limelight as much as possible. He's he's making good of a of a of a challenging situation. If he goes to Everton now, like you've got a whole, you've got a complete reset. To, to 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 basically work through and that's going to come with all sorts of challenges so i think he should probably take another project maybe similar with, with not as much of a challenge and then you can maybe take a look at okay am i suitable for this for this role now but there's no rush man what is he is he 40 yet he's not even 40 yeah, so yeah but this opportunity man. might not come around again like this. Of course this, it is, will. this is the only problem. Yeah, but when I say it might not come around like this with the club in this position and the opportunity to turn it around, because he could be looking at it and thinking, there's enough there for me to for me to flip this. I'm Grass sure Gerard looked at Aston Villa this way. You know, I'm sure yeah, Gerard definitely. looked at Aston Villa, licked his lips and said, but, Yeah, all right, cool. But the, but but, the, the difference but between you, Villa yeah. and Everton is say Kofi to cut you, but the yeah, difference no, between Villa and Everton is the is the structure that's in place. I feel like that's the thing as well. If Rooney comes in now, there's absolutely no structure in place. All we know is Ken, Ken, I don't or know, Ken Wright. Yeah, um, Ken Wright. Yeah, and um, and the owner, and then that's it. We, like, there's no directors or structure in place. So if Rooney comes in for someone who's quite new to the job of coaching, he's not going to come in as just a coach. He's going to be he's coming in as a manager, bro. As a manager, and he's going to have to work with a lot of stuff outside of just the actual first team itself. Um, so I hear giving him some time before he steps into like a situation like that. 
Mm. Yeah. Mm. No, I hear that. And and the other point as well, you have to consider the managers that we mentioned, so Gerard and even Fiera, how many years did it take for them to actually then get their jobs in the Premier League? What what did they have to what were the trials and tribulations they had to, they had to go through themselves in their coaching careers before they ended up where they were? But Gerard mm. just had an invincible season in Scotland before coming mm. to before coming to Villa. Do you get what I'm trying to say? He brought he brought Villa well Rangers back from the gutter somewhat and got them challenging to win the SPL and, mm. and to and take that mantle of of Celtic. Do you, do you get what I'm trying to say? So it's little things like that. Showing that you're a winner, and even even Brendan Rodgers, even to an extent, had to go and rebuild himself, you know, outside of the Premier League, then come back to earn his stripes again. Do you get what I'm trying to say? So I think for Wayne Rooney, I, th- I think the journey is probably more important, and for someone like Frank Lampard as well, he's probably thinking about doing the same thing himself. Um, taking the job at Everton is huge, especially for especially the fact that he's an idol there. Um, the magnitude of the magnitudes, I mean, boy. I mean, for him personally, he'd probably take the job if he was presented to him and the situation made sense. But um, I think from a from a common sense approach, he'd probably look at it and think, you know what, I wish I had this opportunity three to four years from now as opposed to now. I, I think yeah. genuinely, if he, was, if he was being honest with himself, he'd probably say that. But, yeah. but you know football's based on stories. And this is that's the I only know. reason why I'm oh, so man. confident with it, because I'm just saying football's based on stories. And when it just, it, you know, sometimes it literally, it literally, um, it writes itself. Do you know mm. what I mean? So it is what it is. But yeah, cool. All right. So um, let's go on, talk about um, Arsenal. Obviously, Jay, you know, I know, I know you're, <laughs> I know you're looking at, uh, I, I think you should go to them. I think you should go to you, man, first before you come to me. Otherwise, I get accused of being biased, like yeah. You know <laughs> no, no, no. Jump in, man. Jump in. So, what are we talking about? Obviously, um, Arsenal want to give Arteta a new deal. What do you think, as an Arsenal fan? Um, as an Arsenal fan. As me, as an Arsenal fan, or as an Arsenal as fan? As an Arsenal fan. As, as you, as you. As what me? What do you think? I don't think there should be any talk of contracts whatsoever right now. <laughs> because we're into a season, if if I'm being fair, we're still in a season, just a, just over halfway. Um, the season's been better than the previous season um, in terms of positioning and the feel-good factor, if you like, at, at the club. Um, with some of the players that have come in, some of the players that are already there. Um, but the season's not ended. And the fact is, is that the last two seasons we finished eighth. Um, and that could still happen this season. Um, so, and I, I see awarding someone a contract as, you know, it's an award, like you're giving them, you know, you're going to increase probably their pay and all of that kind of stuff and their influence um, at the club. I think that has to wait um, until we see where Arteta has actually taken Arsenal and not just, you know, like maybe a patch in the season where things are going good. This is still, I think Kofi mentioned earlier, this is still a results business. Um, whether the board, um, you know, agree with it or not, it's a results business. And if as a fan, and I think most fans will agree whether, you know, you like Arteta or not, that, we have to see some results. Arsenal have gone from being title title winners to title contenders to top four contenders to now 
you know, Europa contenders to even not being in Europe. Um, so we need to now move into a space where we're going back up to challenging for these some of these things. So I think we have to wait to see if, basically if Arteta is the right manager for that or if he's, in my opinion, maybe someone who came in to steady the ship when they were, when it was really bad with, you know, Wenger going and Emery coming in and not working out. Um, so I think we should hold that talk. That talk is, is crazy for me. Yeah, because it's, you know what, this time last year, I remember having a conversation with Man United fans about Ole Gunnar Solskjaer exactly this time and exactly the same thing, the news and the stories. Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is going to get a new deal at Manchester United and the club waited until the day after Jadon Sancho, I believe, was signed or whatever and then straight away, okay, Ole, new contract kind of thing. And I think yeah. Sometimes that can just be a kiss of death when you when mm. you when you're going too far and it's just like it can be a kiss of death because now he's on an even bigger contract, um, probably more money, more responsibility and stuff like that. And it's like you know if the team's not improving, you know it can be a bit of a it, and even from a, an Arteta point of view, I'm sure he would love the new contract, but it that's probably going to put way more pressure on him than he probably wants to have at this point. Yeah, yeah, and I I think. What the board are thinking um, and the, the people in charge are thinking is, you know, he's, he's come in and they like his leadership style um, around the club. They like the, um, the influence he's had, not just on the footballing staff, but also the non-footballing staff. He's well respected. So there's, I guess there's things that we don't see like on the pitch and whatever that go on in the background that are in his favour. But like you're saying, like, if he gets a if he gets a new deal, and I think what's being talked about is a is a two year two year extension. He's got twelve months left. If he gets a two year deal, there's definitely going to be like that pressure on him, and he's got to see for himself as well. Um, if he's you know if he's cut out for taking Arsenal to where they want to be, I wasn't I won't say they should be. I think they should be somewhere, but you know that's my opinion. But where where they want to be, you know. So yeah, I agree. I don't know what you man you man think, but uh, wait, didn't I, he get? Be... So, yes, so I was gonna say, didn't he get a contract where he became manager instead of yep. coach? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, how He's long been... was that? I was like um, FA Cup in it. Which was... That was after the FA Cup win, yeah. Which yeah, is when the yeah. So after um, yeah, after they won the FA Cup and he went into the second his first full season, yeah. Got a full contract and his um, title changed to manager. Yeah, that's a bit trigger happy in my opinion, man. Like I get it after after the FA Cup win. Okay, fair enough. That's I can understand that that school of thought. And then you've got signing Obar, and maybe you know you're trying to encourage a trajectory within the squad, within the club. With you know what I mean, you're trying to cultivate something. I get that, but now. Um, I don't really know what the achievement, what the what the next block of achievement is that he's actually got to. It's, it seems like there's been a batch of successful signings, which has given the club certain momentum. But it's it's very quickly, it's like it feels like, well, from the outside anyway, very quickly Arsenal can build momentum, but as quickly as they can build it, they can lose it. That's what it feels like. Like, already I'm hearing some murmurs. Oh, Burnley, how do we draw Burnley? Neil, Neil, what's going on there? You know, 
And then it's like, well, okay, so the next the next picture, then what happens? <laughs> you get what I'm saying? It's, 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 it feels very unstable. So I, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not sure what that does. Until there's like a, a sign of, right, okay, we're back in Europe. Okay, we're back in the Champions League. Then there's a kind of statement, contract. Okay, cool. This is the next mm. phase of the development. So, so is it the mm. cha- is it is it European football that would satisfy Arsenal fans to kind of say, okay, give them a new deal? Is that what it is? So, Europa League or Champions League, and then you can have a new deal. I would say there's a large there's a large portion of Arsenal fans that will give them a new deal now. Um, I don't think they necessarily. I think there's a large portion of Arsenal fans that are happy with, for example, the development of the of the youngsters, you know, Emil Smith Rowe and Saka, their trajectory that they're having, um, Odegaard as well coming in and Martinelli as well. There's also a portion of fans that are happy with that he's he's seemingly tackling, you know, the older players that are on big money. You know, there's a thing where, you know, um they're disruptive. So there's a portion of fans that are happy with that and that's linked with obviously youngsters getting a chance. So I think there's a big portion of fans that actually, if he, if there's no major like patch of crisis like we, uh, we had last season where you know, we went one of games and not winning near the relegation zone and there's a honest, you know, um, drive for Europe, they're given the contract now. A lot of fans are happy now to give him the contract. They see the positives right now. Um, so, yeah, I don't think you necessarily have to wait for Europe. For me, personally, I think that... Uh, I think I've always said for this season, we need to try and finish as close to the top four as possible. Um, I know that... I know, like, the bigger four sides, like United, City, Chelsea, um, Liverpool... Spent, they've spent money and they've also got the coaches as well with the experience um, to do to do these um, to get to the top four um, better suited for that but I think Arsenal need to be as close as possible to them for me to say yeah there's progress and then you can say you're awarding um, so if you finish fifth then you say you're awarding him a new contract and we're going to back him in the summer to get some new quality signings um, to push for top four next season then there's mm. a plan. Yeah. Mm, I hear that. But you see, also, this is just a random question, yeah, but I, 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 I'm I, trying to understand it. The 4-1-4-1 formation that Arsenal play right now, does it suit the does it suit the players that Arsenal have got at the moment? Because whether it's Partey in the six or uh, Lukonga in the six role, that seems to, that midfield area, it's just an interesting one to me. No. Lukonga is not a six. Partey is not a six. Um, that that lone six role is very, as you might know, it's a very specialist role. Um, you can't just you need throw Rodri. anyone in there. You know what I mean? <laughs> Rodri, Fernandinho. Fabinho. You know what I mean? You need, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so you need, a, you need a specialist player to play in there. And I, I feel like, I think even Lokonga, he came out and said, you know, early on in his um, Arsenal career that you know, he likes to play box to box and he likes to play a bit further up and he's more of a passer uh, rather than someone who sits and tries to marshal the back line and um, supplement the two eights. But I think that's happened recently because obviously Shaka um, is on a free game ban. 
and also Thomas has been away in Afcon, and also is now he had a ban as well um, when he played the Burnley game. So I think that when those guys are back, um, you probably see try see Arteta shift back to like a four-two-three-one with Odegaard in a in a ten. Yeah, but it seems like that that for that at the same time, some of those good performances was coming in that four one four one kind of formation when the midfield was working, pressing, turning over the ball and stuff like that. It seemed like it was it was doing okay, but you know that's that's the bit that's starting to unravel now. Like you see in the Conga, like you said, in deeper position, sometimes when he's picking up the ball, and you know he's a chill player because he he's mm. used to like you said getting the ball a bit further up. And playing a little quarterback, little pass over the top or sliding people in. And for a player like that, it's hard because their concentration goes up when they're in the final third or when they're in the middle third of the pitch. For whatever reason, <laughs> that profile of player, <laughs> when they're in the deeper areas, it's just like they're not as they're not as switched on or whatever. And for such a young player, I, I stripe him. Don't get me wrong, I stripe him for being able, being so confident on the ball and that, but it's like, yo, I want to see him. I want to see him pushed in a certain way. And obviously, talking about forwards like Aubameyang as well, got that whole situation. He's on what three hundred racks? Is it more than that? Three hundred fifty. Might be three fifty. I think three fifty thousand pound. Like that's that's madness. Do you think he's gonna play for Arsenal again? Um, it doesn't sound like it. Uh, the last thing uh, someone asked because Arsenal are going to Dubai for warm weather training um, uh, during the international break. Uh, so one of the journals asked him, will Obama be travelling? And Mikel said he's not sure yet, um, which to me sounds like a no. I don't think... Um, I think that the plan for Arsenal is to try and get the striker that they want in the winter um, and then ship off Obama to wherever they can ship him off. Um, and there's been talk of shipping him off to Saudi Arabia and to the Middle East, um, which I think is poor, personally. Um, and I don't think uh, Aubameyang is necessarily going to agree to that. I don't think he thinks that he's in the position of his career where he's playing in um, the Middle East. I think he still thinks that he can cut it in Europe. Um, so, yeah, he, you might you might have a situation where, again, what Arsenal have done in the past is they've had to move a player on but I've had to cover the wages whilst he's not at the club, um, just to get just to get him out of the club. But this, he's still basically mm. on the books, so mm. it's crazy. Yeah, it's interesting, man. I, I'm 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 keeping tabs on it still because I feel I my personal thing is I think Arteta is going to be. They don't have an appetite to change managers. They definitely don't. They don't have an appetite to change managers, 100%. They're not trying to change managers, not trying to rock the boat. The fans seem easily pleased with a couple of wins. And they seem like they're a little bit disgruntled with a couple of losses, obviously. But it just it seems like it's not hard to it's not hard to kind of do them. But I do feel like Arsenal's signings have been good. Like Arsenal have made some good signings. Um recently. They've added good quality. And maybe they go again in the summer. If they get European football. And then add one or two players um, in the summer, you know, and then let's say they're playing Europa League football and stuff. Maybe that's that's the incremental kind of change that's needed. Do you get what I'm saying? But then you've got to think Spurs have got Conte now. You know, Manchester United are probably going to have a new manager next season. You know, you still got Pep about. Obviously, we'll see what happens with Tuchel and where Chelsea finish. 
But you know, there's now there's the competition is probably going to get a bit harder come next year. So and then you got Wolves, uh, Wolves, and Wolves and Villa as well coming in. Those guys are well, well, Villa. Yeah. <laughs> 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 you know, Wolves. Eh. Uh, okay, but yeah, Villa. <laughs> you know I don't know, mean? T, I, I T, if you would if you would enter there. <laughs> no, leave him, leave him. He's enjoying. Let him, let him enjoy, man. Listen, it's it's win win for me. Do you know what I'm saying? It's either Stevie or you know Bruno Lodge. So yeah, it's cool, man. It's fine. It's fine. I'm enjoying Stevie right now. To be fair, I'm loving it. I, I I'm absolutely loving it. What a hero! What a legend of the game. <laughs> Stevie, <laughs> Michael, Bill, all them guys. Trust me. Is Gary Mack there you know as well? I don't even. I haven't even really preed the um the the back team, the back team. But I yeah. think he brought everybody over though. I think he brought yeah, everyone yeah, over yeah. to Aston Boy. Villa. Do you know what I mean? Mm. That was a, that was a, it was it's sweet from them, and they're doing their thing definitely, man. Um. So what else have we got on here? So, um, Man City, man. Like I asked the question, T. I asked before, and you, you, you know, you cleared me. Basically, I asked a simple question: Can <laughs> Liverpool catch Man City? And you, you were so rattled. Bro, nah, man. Why ask the question then? Do you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Why ask the question? Nah, obviously. Come yeah. on, come on, come on, sorry. No, I was gonna say like, there's only really one team that's kind of shown this is how you can play against. Um, this is literally how you can play against. Um, Man City and that's Southampton. Yeah, boy, I don't know what 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 Ralph has got over over Pep, but um, he certainly he certainly got to Pep in that in his post match. <laughs> I don't know if you man saw that, but he was like, oh, um the 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 the, the what do you call it, um, pundit or whatever asked him. About about the performance, and he was like, "Yeah, it's the best performance of the season. Best performance of the season." Yeah, yeah. It's like, wow, that was like, Happy New Year. That was yeah, yeah, yeah literally, yeah, literally, yeah. literally, <laughs> literally, man. Uh, but yeah, do you know what? Like, I, I think that 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 maybe has given the Premier League a bit of a, you know, some encouragement because to be to be fair, City were just were just making a bit of a mockery of it. You know, um, I'm not sure how far, how much of an encouragement, but. You know, um, certainly with with Chelsea and and Liverpool winning, at least there's something there. My 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 main gripe is just um, the timing of it because obviously now there's 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 a couple of weeks break, so everyone's got a chance to recover, settle down, and City will probably just, you know, coming back to a fixture against Brentford. You know, this week, if it was this week, well, I would have been cheering for Tony, my boy Brian. Pin up, but um, yeah, nah. I, I, I think to, um, to to be fair, I think uh, it's probably just like a little hiccup in the road for City. But yeah, it's it's, it's not going to derail. One thing that um, Ralph said as well um, was he felt that actually it was four points drop because the the journal asked him about you know these two games he's been able to stop City and whatnot, and he said. The one another way of looking at it is we've dropped four points, and I thought that was quite, I was quite telling. Um, that's big for him to say that. Um, yeah. You know, he, he he thinks that well, actually, our game plan and the way we played, perhaps we should have got more out of the two games. I think with Ralph here, 
and I think this is one thing probably managers need to look at. And I think probably managers like Klopp and Tuchel probably have in the past done the same. Is when you think about Pep, you've got to. It's not necessarily you've got to look at their principles, his principles, and then there's tactics, and not the other way around. His principles mm. don't change. They don't change. And he talks about it. If you ask him, he tells you about his principles. You know that he's going to build up from the back. And you know how he's going to build up from the back. You know what he's going to do in midfield. And you know what he's how he how he's trying to create those high quality chances on the other end. So you can I'm not saying it's easier said than done, obviously, but you know there's there is a route to at least giving City a game. And I think that what we've seen from Ralph this season is him applying that tackling the principles and then looking at the tactics so yeah i think this is the thing yeah because it's it's the word is compact like if you the team that's going to dethrone man city and start start doing bits is going to be a compact side right because you're looking at this from southampton point of view but the rest of the league like you say would look at it and be like "Mm, okay what because you know with teams in this league um eventually we start working out exactly what you guys are trying to do and it becomes a bit hard. Obviously, Man City have got the, the bank to go and, you know, sign some extra players and whatever. But just in general, it's about being compact because Southampton are a compact side. You know, I saw them, they gritted Spurs, gritted Spurs in almost the same same type of way. You know, um, it's about being compact and it's about, you see with Man City, they want to stretch you wide, have some under, you know, some under inside runs, and then do a lot of cutbacks and cutbacks and cutbacks. But if you are defensively drilled, do you get what I'm trying to say? Um, you're able then to cut off some of that supply. And at the moment, with them having no centre forward, it then makes it a bit more of a straightforward game because they're not creating super clear-cut chances kind of thing. And then, like, it's not it's not necessarily going gung-ho to press as well because, you know, some sides, when they play against Man City, they're going gung-ho press. And it's like, these guys trained every day this week, Yeah on those little square five-yard passes to try and draw you in. They know exactly what they're trying to do. I remember watching Xavi talk about it. Xavi from Barcelona talking about how we're playing these five-yard passes, but it's to draw you in. And we literally have patterns of play ready for whichever style of press you're going to do in that type of way. And if you think about it, in most teams, everyone doesn't press together. One player might press, then he's going to leave a gap because someone else might not press with them. But Southampton, compact team. Do you get what I'm saying? And then obviously, a massive thing playing against City is the counter-attack, man. Like, you've got to hit them on the counter. It's very simple. If the ball doesn't stick with your forward players, forget it. Especially on that Cancelo side as well. He's, it's, mm. it's about turning City's strengths, supposed strengths, into weaknesses as well. Um, so they get Cancelo playing like this midfield role, but he's, he's vacating... His, his original duty, which is to be a defender. And I think if you look at the goal that Southampton scored, it came down that side. It came down to Cancelo letting a man run off of him, uh, Redmond, I think, and also mm-hmm. Foden letting um, Carl Walker-Peters run off of him and drag him back um, and not being switched on. But yeah, I totally agree with everything you're saying, Mark, like the compactness. And I think even in the Champions League final with Chelsea, the distance between the forwards and the defence is very, very minimal. You, I mean, you just can't even see it. That unit moving up and down together, that's how you, you play City. Um, 
So yeah, I totally agree with everything you say, Mark. Because yeah. there's like a proper bait. There's a proper bait that they always leave for teams. You'll see it. They'll push most people high and then they'll just leave two players. Play this mm -hmm. little square pass, square pass, square pass, square pass. The DM will drop in. As soon as one of you starts pressing, vacates a bit of space, bang, bang, bang. We're, now we're in your half. We've taken two slash three players out of the game and then we can start doing, you know, then you're back into your shape and we can start doing this rhythm where we're looking for, for spaces. Like you said, the principles remain the same. It's hard to do that. Do you get what I'm trying to say? Liverpool will manage to do it for, you know, one season or whatever. But again, that was a different way. Do you know what I mean? The high intensity way and whatever. And you know, you can't always do that. So it's almost like, you know, like, do you think anybody genuine, and this is kind of open to UT and Kofi as well, do you think anyone's really going to overturn this Man City side? Or do we have to accept this is their era and that's that? No, this is the era, man. Every, every, I think um, every team's had their time over the last 20 years. Um, but in terms of domination, I mean, what, that's what I think they've won, is it three of the last four Premier League titles? Or four Premier Leagues, right? And um, I mean, the and counting and counting. Um, I've not seen this sort of domination since Manchester United, and I'm even discounting Chelsea from this because Chelsea did the back to back with Mourinho and then never saw another league title again until Twitter um, Twitter um, 2010 with Ancelotti. Did you get what I'm saying? So it was kind of it was kind of broken up, but I mean, we're talking season after season, but City have just uh, they, they, I mean, people have said it. People are saying it over social media. They're starting to sort of see it now. Pep is starting to make the Premier League look like the Farmers League. You know, the you know the, the, the Juventus of the Premier League, where they just keep on winning. Where they're going to just keep on winning. And you may have the anomaly here and there, but more often than not, it's going to be them that are going to come out on top. And you can clearly see there's a succession plan being built up here as well. So I am very, very worried that... Um, for even teams like Liverpool, because Liverpool now you look at the you look at their star players, you look at the ages there at, at this moment in time. You talk about succession plans and all the rest of it and continuity. I'm worried that the the other teams that are kind of close to them are going to fall away uh, with Chelsea's continuous change of management, all the rest of it. Um, you know, different stylistic players in their squads. Like, yeah, it, it could just turn into an absolute bloodbath if you're not careful over the next couple of years. But you now City do what they do, and they do it very well. They, we talk about, we've spoken about different facets today about football clubs, right? And things they need to work on and things they need to be doing well. When we just talk about City and how they're set up as a structure, as a club, as a business, as a franchise, Right now, they're doing it seamlessly. You don't even hear any rumblings or any like, anything like that about their club. They're never in the newspapers about any sort of nonsense. Do you get what I'm saying? They, this, they, they are the blueprint right now. So, we're going to have to see. They're just cracking on with it, man. But it's, and, and the interesting thing is now, like, T, you obviously, you see as well, like, the homegrown players, they're bringing through some homegrown lads now. And I think that's that's the alarm bells because they're going to be sweeping and hoovering up all the young talent from in and around, you know, the clubs around them, the Blackburns, the Burnleys, Academies, Man United's Academy even, do you know what I mean? I'm sure they're, you know, the homegrown element is now making them into the proper statesmen now. Mm. Yeah, I think as you when, you, when you start to establish yourself, and we saw it, like the prime, the prime example is Foden, you know, there was a lot of questions around Pep 
oh, you know, why is Foden not going out on loan? You know, why is he, why he's not getting any game time and these kind of things. But as a masterstroke, because he's kept him in there. He's kept him in there now. And I can hear a bit of interference. Is that me? I don't even know. Can you hear that? Not too sure. It's like some kind of interference. Might no, crack on them, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it's putting me off. But yeah, um, yeah. So he played a master stroke with with Foden, and now you're seeing, you know, the likes of Cole Palmer come through, and I think a couple of the other lads as well. Like you can just see it. You know, what I'm saying he's just teasing them in. But you know what? On your point around the domination, um, I, I have a feeling that as long as they're, they're going to dominate, as long as Pep's there. I'm not sure once Pep goes, it's a bit of a question mark for me because I don't know where they go after that. And I think with Pep, he's got a bit, he's got a, Jay always says this, but he's got a knack of rebuilding that desire, keep and going again and going again and going again and that fire in the belly and reinventing himself, which is essentially like what we're seeing him do now. And I'm not sure if there's another. Like in this era, the way that tactics are changing, strategy changing, you know, there's so much more money in the game now. We're seeing a lot, a lot of the the sides or the 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 eras diminish. Like it's not, it's not as there's no Man United periods anymore where you're dominating for 10, 15 years. You know what I'm saying? It's a lot more competitive now. So I feel like with Pep, if they continue to create the environment for him and they continue to to bring the money. Fair enough. I can see them carrying on teasing those players, keep bringing them through, keep being dominant, keep winning things. But if he goes, I've got a bit of a question mark, you know. I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure if if, if City if City stay at that level. Yeah, yeah when big true. figures leave clubs, yeah, when 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 big figures leave clubs, of course, you know, there's always that interesting thing. But I think when because remember Pep's still a coach. You know, that's the key difference to, say, Arsene Wenger going from Arsenal or, you know, Alex Ferguson leaving Manchester United. Do you know what I mean? It's still a... It, you know, these you're talking about managers there. This is a coach. So, I'm sure with the structure they got up there, the director of football, all that kind of thing, the way they've planned for him, I'm sure, I'm almost certain that they'll have the succession planning a lot better than what Man United have been doing you know, look at when Ferguson left and Manchester United are still managerless at the moment. You know what I mean? Um, so, you know, it takes a while to recover. But when you're seeing this amount of money, do you get what I'm trying to say? This amount of money and these amount of football people, they actually have football people making football decisions. Everything isn't right. Definitely not. But they can spend their way out of problems. Do you know yeah. what I'm trying to say? I do, I do hear that. Don't get me wrong. I just I do think Pep is one of a kind though in a sense of mm. going into a club and breeding a culture the and the way that he's influenced the English game and the way that he's got City just winning things normally this is this is normal now like, it's a surprise he's, he, the way he he has like a you're talking about him uh, being knocked out of the league cup, he's got a bit. It's it's, it's kind of like a backhanded thing. Like you can't believe that he's been knocked out of the, the league cup. He's so used to winning it, you know what I'm saying? And what whilst his title is a coach, the way that City had to change things to bring him in, 
is very much, in my opinion, in the form of a manager. And he might not necessarily, you know, go and watch the 18s or, you know, have the influence at, at the younger level. But the way the club have set up for him mean, means that to me, there's going to be, they're going to have to unravel a lot of things for the next person. Because I don't know if anybody else can come in the same way and do it the way that Pep's doing it. So mm. that's just my thought on it. I, I think it's going to be really difficult. I think he almost has the impact of the likes of a, a Wenger, a Mourinho, these kind of these kind of guys who come in and change the way things have been done. I'm not going to say Fergie because obviously he's a bit of he's a bit different, but the way that those guys have come in and just made their mark on English football it's very difficult, in my opinion, to kind of to 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 follow lead after that. Mm, I hear that. I hear that. All right, cool. So we did. We was going to talk about um, Leicester, but kind of out of time. See what you did there. You know what I'm saying? We, we we're going to talk about Leicester, but we're out of time. So unfortunately, <laughs> we'll part that one. We'll, we'll get into Leicester next week, man, because that, that's going to take more than 10 minutes. So <laughs> trust. Get ready. <laughs> cool, man. But anyway, um, thanks to those that tuned in. Um, that was episode 20 of the Breakdown podcast. It's going to be available on Spotify and Apple Podcasts very soon. Um, but yeah, we'll see you guys next week, man. Peace.